Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Alexa Page. Alexa had a near-death experience where she encountered her son, and today we're going to learn about it. Alexa, thank you so much for joining us, and welcome. Thank you, Jeff. The pleasure is all mine, and I really appreciate this opportunity. Thank you so much. All right, well, I guess it's best to just start with your NDE, so tell us what happened. Okay, well, I'm going to make a long story semi-short by saying that my NDE, my NDE was a result of um, intoxication and I guess you could say an overdose. I had been in Puerto Rico for about a year. And prior to that, I'm, from, I'm originally from Washington State. So let me put that out there, from Washington State. And, uh, you know, that's where um, marijuana is legal. And on top of that, I also had a card because I was diagnosed for rheumatoid arthritis. Well, I was diagnosed on the point. And, you know, I just didn't want to get on a lot of medication. I had already been on some antidepressants. I didn't want to mix things up. So I decided to go the natural route. I went to a dispensary and I went to the same dispensary that I always went to before I went to Puerto Rico, but I got the same dosage. I didn't take into account my tolerance. So I had been on the island for almost a year, you know, doing nothing, taking, you know, nothing. I wanted to go through this whole natural thing. And I did. And I had fun. And I, you know, I got a lot of emotional junk out that I wanted to kind of get out. But when I went back to Washington, it's like this cloud came right back over me. So anyways, I went to the dispensary and I got my exact same order. Like it was, it was, I'm already in the system. So I got the exact same order. And when I came home, I ate the same amount, which was half of one uh, Rice Krispie, <laughs> half of a Rice Krispie. I had a glass of wine and I did start taking my antidepressant again. So I, the only thing I can think of was the mix just did something. It was not a good mix. And so the mix like kind of made me really heavy headed. I started feeling heavier and heavier, like I needed to take a nap. But I didn't want to take a nap because it was like in the middle of the daytime. So what I did, like an idiot, I took more of the edible because I figured maybe it's not, you know, kicking in because it's been so long. If you know anything about memes, there's like a whole slew of memes out there talking about 
this edible isn't nothing. This edible is not work, you know. And then like later, it has some kind of picture of them flying or something. That's what happened to me, literally. So I felt like the edible didn't do anything, and so I took more. Uh, about 15, 20 minutes later, I started walking around, you know, the house, just feeling my heartbeat a little bit faster and faster. And finally, I said, okay, this is like kicking in. So I sat down um, in, on the couch downstairs and I told myself, like, if this gets bad, I need to tell somebody because this never felt this intense. It got bad. And my sister was doing something at the time. I wanted to tell her, but I just like left it to myself. So basically when my heart got really, really rapid, I said, I'm just going to take a nap. And I just lay down on the pillow. And I remember thinking to myself, oh my goodness, I'm like, I can feel myself trying to fight to stay in my body, that makes sense. And I don't know how to explain it, but I just knew I was fighting to stay in my body. Even though I just wanted to take a nap, I can feel myself like fighting to stay in my body. And as soon as I relaxed, I was out just like that. I was out. And as soon as I relaxed, I just remember being in this suspension and I said, oh, gosh, I've really done it now. I've always been a spiritual person. I've had many OBEs before this that I, you know, I had just finally accepted as OBEs. I didn't know what they were before, but I had a lot of OBEs and just different supernatural experiences ever since I was little. So, you know, I'm not afraid of like spiritual realm things. My fear was, am I actually dead? And the reason why that was my fear is because I had my son. So, you know, my son was like, um, five or six at the time. No, he, he had to be five. He's only five at the time. And I was so worried that that's how I would go. And the worry kind of consumed me because in this suspension, I kept thinking to myself, oh my gosh, you know, Yaima, that's what I call my son. Yaima, Yaima, who's going to take care of Yaima? Of course, I have a whole family who would have took care of him. But as a mother, I didn't want anybody else taking care of my son. You know, I didn't want anyone else to have to raise him. I just didn't want to leave him motherless. So that worry just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. And it was just really weird because I was just in the back of my head. So the whole time this is going on, I'm thinking to myself, well, if I'm dead, where am I? So that's when my weirdness kind of opened up. And I was in this void. I was like in a black void. It wasn't a scary like black void. Like you think black void, you think something scary, but it wasn't. It was very comfortable actually. It was like it was like a warm velvet existence. And I was not um knowledgeable if I had a body or not. Not at that point. I didn't know if I had a body or not. I was just seeing where I was at. So finally when I started to really focus, I saw everlasting earths they were all earth it wasn't different like planets it was earth 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 as far as you can see nothing but earth and i'm just thinking to myself what is this you know and i i study a lot you know about spiritual things and physics and theories so i'm thinking maybe i made this up you know like like multi-dimensions or something and I'm thinking, like, maybe I'm, my mind is doing this. But as soon as I looked at one of the earths that I knew it was not, it wasn't my earth, the different one, I felt myself sucking into it. 
And at that point, I just kind of pulled back because I'm like, oh, no, I knew I knew instinctively that if I had a focus a long time on any one of those earths, it would have sucked me into it. And I don't, don't ask me how I know it. I just know it. I know if I would have focused too hard, I would have been gone. Now, when I came back in this world, I don't know that, but I knew not to focus too hard. So I pulled back. But I had um, knowledge of every single one of those earths at the same time. I had knowledge of every one of those earths. So I don't know if they were like what you would consider past lives, um, alternative lives, you know, just different. I know that I know that I was on every one of them in some capacity. So if I would have sucked in, I would have been focused on that one. Or if I would have went on that one. And they were everlasting. It was like so I couldn't see the end from either way. And that just tripped me up. So once I realized what I was looking at, it's like my mind went into overload, like it was going to like trip the system or something. So I started repeating, like, I don't know if I said it audibly or just inside, but I mean, it was over and over. I said the same phrase, a human mind can't conceive this. A human mind can't conceive this. A human, and I don't even say like a human mind. Like That's not my vocabulary. So I don't even know why I would say that sentence, but I kept saying it. A human mind can't conceive this. A human mind can't conceive. And I said it over and over and over and over and over again to where it was like, I felt like I was about to shatter because I had all this information from all these different worlds, you know? Well, they were all Earths, but they were different. And so finally, I just said to myself, like, okay, like I'm dead. That's why I, I just decided like I have to be dead. And then I, at that point, it's like a sorrow came over me because I'm thinking like, oh, my poor young, my poor baby, you know, he's going to have to be motherless. And I, and this sadness came over me, but at the same time, I felt like I was calling him to myself, you know, like the worry called him to myself. So at that point, I can't tell you if the other earths were still there or not but they were just out of focus if they were. The next thing I know, I'm still in this black void and boom, my son is standing right in front of me or floating. I don't know. I mean, we weren't standing on anything, but he was like right in front of me. And I knew instinctively it was him, but he was an adult. That was me like, okay, something's really up this place because he was a full adult. He was like six, two, six, three. You know, at the time, he's only five years old. And I knew it was him. Like, there was no question about it. And I'm, like, worried about this little boy. And then this grown man shows up. So I'm just, like, you know, staring, just quiet for, like, it seemed like a whole two minutes. It was nothing but silence because I'm just, like, staring at him. And I said, Yaima? And it's like he looked back at me like, Mom? And I said his name again, Yama. And he's like, Mom. So we're going back and forth. But the weird thing is, it's like you have a knowing over there. I know for a fact that the reason why he was saying mom, it wasn't like, Mom, what are you doing here? It was like, why are you looking at me through these mom lenses? That's what I felt. I felt like he was asking, like, why are you calling me mom over here? And it was the weirdest feeling because, I mean, on one hand, I'm worried about him. On the other hand, like, I feel cut off from him because not only is he an adult, he's like a, 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 a being that's above us. 
I don't know if you can call it an oversoul. I don't know what you can call it, but he was more advanced than both of us are right now. So I don't know how he was able to realize that, like, I'm looking at him through mom lenses. So, you know, I'm, I'm using mom vision and he's just like, why are you, you know? And then I said, like, what are you doing here? And his reply was the same. What are you doing here? And it was just the weirdest exchange. But I mean, there was love there, but it was a soul twilight zone. And I just said, like, oh, my gosh, like I'm looking at an adult version of my son who's I don't want to say he's looking down on me, but it was very clear his his existence and the way he perceived things was above mine in that space, in that space. And so he was looking at me kind of like, why are you like calling me, you know, like Yaima? Like, like he was so much more than that. That's what I mean. So I don't know if it was like all his past lives put into one or, you know, alternative lives, whatever it was, he was a bigger being than he could ever become here. So that's the best way I can coin it. He was a bigger being than he could ever even become here. Even if he lived to be 500 years, he was still more knowledgeable. Like, you know, the wisdom, the the light. He was just a different being, but it was still him. So finally, it's like I kind of cowered down. I don't know how to explain it. Like, I cowered down. Like, this is a young but this, you know, this young is okay, basically. It was just like, I'm fine. And then he said that. That's the last thing he said. Look it, I'm fine. And he had his hands out and he's just like, I'm fine, mom. It's like, what are you worried about? And I'm just like, oh, okay. <laughs> like thinking to myself, like, how is this happening? But, you know, I have one foot on the earth still thinking about that life. And then I have this other foot in eternity. And it's like, I'm toggling back and forth mentally, which is impossible to do. And finally, I'm just like, okay. And it's like once I re- just kind of recited that out loud, like, okay, like you're okay. And as soon as I said that, it's like I kind of started to relax back into the whole, you know, multiverse thing. And it seemed like he was busy, to be honest. Almost like, I don't like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> like he went back somewhere after we, you know, had an exchange. He was just like, I'm fine. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, okay, bye. <laughs> so he like left. And it was just so weird. Cause I just, I felt like a, a kindergartner bothering, you know, a professor. And that feeling just never shook. Like I'll never forget that feeling I had when he's five at the time, you know, on earth. So anyways, long story short, I just said, you're okay. You're fine. And at that point is when I started kind of retracting back to, you know, this common existence. So I don't remember seeing all the earths again. I just remember putting my focus back towards this, this one existence. And as I was traveling, it didn't seem like, you know, minutes is set. It, it was like milliseconds, but of course there's no, you know, there's no time really. And I had experienced timelessness plenty of times before. Like I said, I've had other OBEs. And so, you know, I know, I knew that feeling already. So when I came back into my um my body, it felt like the sack of potatoes, like on my head, and just like lifting up, it was like heavy. And finally I was able to walk around, but I still felt heavy. I still had one foot in, one foot out. 
And I didn't know if this was going to be a continuous thing. So I'm like, the best thing to do is to go upstairs, um, tell my sister that, you know, I need to go to the hospital because I know that, you know, you can, I've heard you can't really overdose on marijuana, but who knows what it can do if it's mixed with other things. So just to be on the safe side and because I felt like I was still right on the borderline, I didn't feel like I ran across. I felt like I took one tiptoe over and it can go either way. So I didn't want to chance it. I told my sister I need to go to the hospital. And she's like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> are you serious? So she took me to the hospital and the doctors kind of chuckled like, oh, it's one of them, you know, got too much uh, in their system. Not knowing that, like, I was just happy to be able to even talk to them because, like, I was in that other place for it seemed like forever. So when they were giving me liquids, like, it wasn't a lot they did. They just, they were like, this is something you have to just wait out. You know, give me water, give me liquid. It was like, they're, they're just going to monitor my heart and just, you know, have me sit in the in the room. And that's what they did for the most part. Uh, my sister was there, like, after an hour and a half, she was already making jokes. Like, I come from a family like that. We, we joke about everything. So an hour and a half, she was already making jokes. And, like, I was talking to her normally, but still kind of, like, in the twilight zone. And then finally I told her, I said, I saw the multiverse. I don't even know why I said that name, but that's what I used. And she said, what? I said, I saw the multiverse. And she's like, what are you talking about? And she's just looking at me like, okay, you're, you're hot. And I'm like, no, I saw the multiverse and I saw adult Yaima. And she's like, what? Adult Yaima? I said, yeah, I saw adult Yaima. And she's like, okay, sit back down. You know, like, but time went by and I had the same story. And so finally she was listening to me like, what are you talking about when you keep saying that? And I explained it to her the best way I could. And so she's like, so you mean you saw him as an adult? Like he was just a spirit? I say, yeah, he was a spirit. And he was telling me he was okay. And like, it was funny, but it was still trippy. So she's like, well, if you could just do all that, you know, how come you didn't get the lotto numbers? Or how come you can't do this? Or that? And I'm like, that was the farthest thing from my mind. The only thing I was worried about is my son's well-being. And I honestly think... I brought him to me because of the strong emotion. I think like I wherever he was at or what, you know, I don't know. I pulled him to me because of that. And I mean, he was a little irritated. It seemed like not, not in like a mean way, but just kind of like, what are you doing? You know, like basically you're doing something wrong on that realm. Otherwise you wouldn't be able to even do this. So it was a question like, how are you here right now? And that hasn't been the first time I've had an experience like, you're doing something you're not supposed to do, you know, on the spiritual realm. That's probably like the third time I've been in a situation where I guess you could say I'm breaking some kind of rule or something. And then I've had a couple of times after that. So that emotion was the same. It was the same. Whatever realm I was in, I was not supposed to be there with this ego on, you know, with the ego of Alexa Page or with the lenses of mom. And that was very clear to me. And I can't tell you if it was like set up, you know, to scare me or not, or just to what, but I can tell you one thing. My son was definitely like looking down, not down. I hate to say down, not down, but looking at me like, you know, you're not supposed to, you know, be here like this. And that's kind of how it was. Like, what are you doing? You know, but it was his whole self and it was just, this part of me, like this life, 
I feel like his being was his whole entire being. This being was just this fragment of, you know, what, whoever I really am. I guess my oversoul, you would say. So that just, I couldn't even look at my son the same for like a whole two weeks. It's like, I just, every time I look at him, I'm just, I, that image kept flashing and I'm just like, like, how did you do that? Like, and I was wondering, did he know, could he remember, but he had no clue. And I'm like, did you have a dream? Did you do anything? He had no clue about, you know, and it finally took some time. I told him, I was like, I, I saw your spirit as an adult. And he's like, what? What did I look like? <laughs> you know, he was asking little quick kid questions, but he didn't remember anything like that. He didn't have any answers. And I mean, why would he? But I was just trying to put the pieces together for myself. So that was what you can consider the NDE. I definitely remember leaving my body and coming back. Um, I, could, I guess you could call it an OBE. I mean, I don't know. I did. I don't think I flatlined. I'm not sure if you would consider that one or not, but I feel like I've had other OBEs and they weren't um, medically related. And yeah, that's what I consider an OBE. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us. Since you've had other OBEs, can you say that this experience is completely different from a regular OBE? Yes, totally. What makes totally. it different? It's different because like when I when I've had my OBEs in the past, like I'm so much more aware of my surroundings. I I still know like what if I'm sleeping in the bed, if I'm, you know, fell asleep on the couch, if what I ate for dinner. I was completely cut off from everything and the NDE. And I knew like my mind had expanded also. Mm. You know, OBE, you know, you still have your same exact mind. As far as I'm concerned, you have your same exact mind. It's not like you, like the multiverse thing that I saw. Um, if I was just having an OBE, I wouldn't have been able to understand that. Or, or I wouldn't have known not to focus on one of those other Earths. I knew that. And so it was like, I feel like the OBEs I had were like just around, you know, around here, like around this geographical type of place, um, not all the way out into whatever kind of void I was in. And I guess with this one, you were more spiritually transformed by it. Oh, yes. Definitely. So maybe you having the edible with the alcohol and then you doubled the dose and then it was just really powerful for your body. Yes. Too powerful. <laughs> Never again. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. When you immediately left your body, you went to the black void. Is that correct? Well, it was a black void, but it, it didn't have the other earths at first. Right. It was like I was just, um, it was like a softness. Mm-hmm. It was like a liquid velvet. I don't, I can't explain it, but I just felt very comfortable. I was very comfortable, very relaxed. I didn't feel any type of fear. I was just really comfortable. And it's like, I was just suspended, just floating. And it wasn't until I started thinking about, well, where am I? Then I saw all, you know, the earth mm -hmm. from one end to the other. Yeah, I like how you call it the multiverse because it's almost like maybe in each one of these Earths you had a different life, like parallel lives or something. 
I think about that every day. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I do. I think about it every day. Sometimes when I make a choice or I think about a possibility, I think, well, maybe I had this possibility on another earth. You know what I mean? Do you ever think about that? Yeah, exactly. Well, to be honest, even even one step further than that, ever since that um, experience, I have even stronger, um, I don't know what you call it, clear uh, awareness. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, I tune into what those other realms are doing all the time. Sometimes in lucid dreams, sometimes like I'll just know. I'll just know something is happening. And it's weird because it's like, and I'm a, you know, I'm a spiritual person too. So I pray about things and I'm open-minded. So I feel like, you know, the creator is only going to give you what you're ready for. And because I'm open-minded enough to accept some of these concepts, I have received downloads to explain them. What I call a download is when it just gets downloaded, like in a picture type of thing. I feel like there's um, all these multiverses, like if you can consider them bubbles and you can consider like you're in one bubble, but you know how bubbles can connect to each other. Mm-hmm. But one bubble can only have so many bubbles connected to it. You know, maybe eight or nine that would fill the surface. So I frequently like get a peek into these same seven or eight other existences that I know are not mine at this point, you know, but ever since I was little, like I would have this, like I can, I can, I can literally write the street number house. Like th- that's how well I know these other places, hmm. but um, there's no possible way that it could be this life. Only thing I can can say is that it's a parallel life. That's just close to mine the other ones they're probably further and further further out to where you know i would never get to see it but there's a good amount of them that i know exactly you know where i'm at where i'm you know living what's going on in that life um sometimes i'll feel like another alexa died like it's just really weird like i'll feel like another alexa just died and i'm just like oh she just died and it's just like going on with my regular life and then even other people it can be someone i met out on a train for like 10 minutes and have just a little conversation with and they're at the randomness time like i can just be biting into a a ham sandwich and i'll be like oh that person just died Mm -hmm. and i'm like how the heck would i you know but it's just a a weird like i've never thought of that person ever since that one conversation but it's, it'll be the strongest feeling like that person just died. I don't know how, but. Do you mostly see into these other realms or other parallel universes during your dreams? Mostly, yeah. Dream state, um, I, or what I would call lucid dreaming. When I'm 100% lucid, it's like I get into this mode where I get in like travel mode. And I'm like, oh, let me go check on this. Let me go see. It's like I'm a whole nother person. I mean, it's still me, but it's like, I know where I'm going. I know I have like a little pass to go <laughs> here and there. A couple of times I've seen my um, past relatives in these states and I know it's not a parallel life. Like I'm in some kind of other heavenly realm. A couple of times I saw my grandma and like, I know that my body was sleeping. I know that she was here. I was there. 
And as a matter of fact, I even told two of the people that I was walking with, you know, when I saw my grandma, this is what stuck out to me the most. I told two of the people that I was walking with, I say, oh, look, there's my grandma. I said, she died on, um, she died on my earth life. Let me go say hi. And I went and said hi to her. And when I woke up, I said, oh my gosh, I can't believe I said that. Because I'm like, I'm walking with these two people that I can't remember now, but I knew very well. And I saw my grandma kind of from the side. And it's like, we were in like this cafeteria thing. And she was like standing far off on the side and I immediately recognized her. And I was just like, oh, you know, cause I hadn't seen her for years. And I told my two friends I was walking with, I'm just like, wait right here. I said, no, no, I gotta, I gotta I'll catch back up with you. I gotta go say hi to my grandma. She already passed on my earth life. So I wanna go say hi. And the fact that I just said that so nonchalantly, it blew my mind when I woke up. So I went to her and I just was talking to her and I'm just like, I missed you. And the weird thing is she never said like, I miss you too. It was just like, I know. And for me, when I woke up, to me, that was more confirmation because there's no time over there. It's like, they can't miss you, even though you want them to, you want, you want to think that they're missing, but they really don't because there's no time. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but I just gave her the biggest hug and I just remember just so much love pouring out of her. And I just remember her, her youthful look, cause you know, she passed with cancer but she looked so youthful and vibrant, but she still had that motherly wisdom, you know? And I just remember hugging her and feeling all this warmth come just flooding into my spirit and I woke up. Do you ever wake up confused about which realm you're in? Yeah, that's happened a couple of times. That has happened a couple of times. And I've actually prayed. Now I don't recommend this to everybody because you might get what you pray for. <laughs> I've actually prayed to God. I'm like, God, there's all these other realms and all these other places. I want to see them. You know, like I want to go see them. Like I accept it. I'm not closed-minded. I have an open mind. I, I, you know, I can take it. I can handle it basically. Cause I feel like God only gives you what you can handle. So, I mean, I've prayed this for like almost years before it actually happened. And finally, I feel like I had, a consistent stream of lucid dreams on like other realms. And they were so interesting because I get specific with my prayers. I get really specific. I'm like, I want to see other worlds. I want to see other people. I want to taste different fruit. I want to see other things. Like I'm very specific. And finally, I had one experience that had all that in there. And I mean, I'm literally like eating different fruit and talking to, you know, I guess what you could consider an elder of this place. I don't know what it was called, but I was 100% lucid. Again, 100% lucid. I knew I was sleeping in my bed. I knew I had a certain amount of time. And, you know, I could be there for as long as I could stay asleep. And I distinctively remember um, this guy who was kind of older. It was like a fruit stand and there was all these different carts and people and it was like this big thing about this big. And it was kind of like dirty, you know, hairy or whatever. Not hairy like a coconut, but just, it just had a weird texture to it. And I never saw it. And so I walked up and I said, like, what is this? And the weirdest thing is he knew who I was, but he didn't address me by my name. He said, well, this is pretty much like the potato um, on your world. 
And I said, what? He's like, yeah, this is this is where your potato comes from. He's like, we brought these there a long time ago. And I'm like, what? So our little potatoes came from this big thing. I said, wow, so why are they so small? And he's just like, well, a lot of reasons. And it's just weird because I'm just walking around talking to people. Then I went to another part and it's like the people there were higher. So they knew that I was kind of like a, I don't know, a kindergartner coming just to look around like, they knew I I was, or they either knew that I was just from a, a lower world. So I was able to just ask questions and walk around. It was fun. And, you know, I just, I wasn't too surprised because it's exactly what I prayed for. So, you know, I'm like, I really want to see these other realms. Like, um, I'm bored with life. It's no um, question I struggled with depression. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been taking antidepressants. So sometimes, like, those experiences it just boosts me up to be a little bit more you know happy during the day or just looking forward to what's to come because earth is a hard room to be in you know just because of the polarity and the negativity and just the drama you know it's a hard place to be so i want people just to know that those dream realms they are real you know now i don't know about every single one of them but I know like when you feel like you're really there and you wake up and you're like, can't believe that was a dream. Nine times out of 10, you were really there. Mm. It was not a dream. So, so that's what I want to do. I want to bring um, just more awareness to that dream realm and how it can help you in this realm because it can. Well, speaking of dreams, do you feel that during your NDE where you were was more real than here? And maybe this is the dream? Definitely. Way more real. This is like a, like when I came back, it took me about two days to really feel like I was back in my body. I felt like I was just walking with like a potato sack wrapped around each leg and each arm. And I was just like clumping through because that's how I felt when, you know, I was back in the body. That's how I know I was actually out. Because the only other time that's happened to me is when, you know, I've had like an accident, a car accident, and, you know, it was just an OBE, but still you feel heavy when you come right back in. And that heaviness doesn't go away immediately. It takes a little bit of time or, you know, maybe some meditation, which I didn't do back then. Now I meditate, but, you know, back then I just went with the punches. So <laughs> I just remember that heavy feeling that happens when you come back in your body. Mm. What do you think inspires you about your NDE? Uh, I think that what really put the icing on the cake for me, um, and as far as inspiration goes, is that you got to trust yourself. You got to trust your spirit. I grew up in a very spiritual, um, well, religious household. So I had a lot of experiences when I was younger that either got snuffed out, ignored, or demonized, basically. And growing up, with that being a constant, you know, it was confusing. Sometimes it was hurtful because you don't know if, you know, you are something that is wrong with you or, you know, are you really having these experiences? But that experience kind of let me know, like, you, you're just a little bit ahead, basically. And it's not to argue with people. It's not to, you know, say I'm right or you're wrong. Because the truth is, it's like, nobody's really right or wrong. It's just a level of understanding. And, and, and it helped me to trust myself. 
And I try to explain to people like this, um, you know, if a kindergartner learns the ABCs, they're only going to be able to recognize the ABCs. Now, you can get read them a story and say Mary had a little lamb, but they're going to say C-M-A-R-Y-H-A-D-A-on and on. That's what they're going to experience. And neither one of you are wrong. Somebody older is going to immediately say, you know, immediately look at it and say, Mary had a little lamb. They might picture Mary with the little lamb and know exactly how the story's going to go from hearing it so many times. So it's about le learning and accepting your level without comparing it to anyone else's. And coming from a really um, religious background, I have to respectfully decline, you know, religion because it doesn't leave any room for personal growth or supernatural experiences, you know, some that nobody can explain. Like I would ask questions and, you know, nobody had an answer to it. It's just like, oh, you just don't ask that. And I'm like, well, no, I ask everything. <laughs> so if you can't answer, just say you can't answer. But, you know, you can't demonize someone from just having more questions. Now, I love God. Um, I still have respect for religion because it's, it's a necessary step for some people. However, I feel like I've seen too much to go back. I've heard too much to go back. You know, I've experienced too much to stuff myself back into that box. I'm already stuffed into a body. I don't need to also be stuffed into a box. So that just opened up my mind. And yeah, I'm transformed forever. I don't mind about speaking about things out loud or talking about experiences. I have a lot of people who were religious that actually come to me, you know, in private or they're still in religion and will tell me about um, experiences that, you know, they know they can't actually say in church. Otherwise they'll be looked at as, well, you know, that was the devil or you might be possessed, <laughs> you know? So I think it has its place. It sounds like to me that what you've observed is that we are all on our own evolutionary level and some of us are higher and some of us are lower and, and there's no right or wrong about that. That's just where we are. Exactly. And it's okay. I used to want to prove everything to everyone, but now I'm just like, let them be at their level, you know, let them be at the level, let them enjoy it. They'll, they'll just like there are people on higher levels than, than I can understand. This is an ongoing thing. And um, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to serve a God that I could understand, if that makes any sense. I wouldn't want to worship or trust in a God that I can understand. Because if I can understand you, why are you the God? You know? Mm -hmm. So I like the fact that there's these levels and layers and things that are going to keep unfolding for the rest of my existence, which is eternal. I like that. Do you think it's possible that the son that you saw wasn't really your son, but maybe some kind of God or something, and he was in the image of your son? I know for a fact he was my son. I just feel like he was more than my son. So I feel like maybe his oversoul or maybe a collection of lives, I don't know. It's like he, he allowed his self to respond to me. You know, that's why he said mom. From the time he said mom, I knew it was a choice. He could have probably been just a light being, you know, but I saw him with the same face as my son, just, you know, as an adult. 
and same color, same shade, what his build would be at that age. So physically it was an adult version of this son right here, but I know it was a choice because I guess maybe, maybe cause that's what I was calling for. That's what I was reaching for. If I would have just not thought of him like that, maybe would have came as a different, I don't know. I just know that I know that he was showing me a measure of grace. Maybe. He, even, yeah. Maybe he understood that you weren't supposed to be there and he's like, Oh, she thinks I'm her mom. You know, yeah, that, that's how she I thinks felt. I am, but really we're just two spiritual beings out here. Nobody's mom or son. That's exactly how I felt. And it took me a long time to swallow that pill. Cause I mean, as a mother, especially this is my only son, I only have one child. So it was a hard pill to swallow. It was. Cause I'm like, what do you mean? Like this is not, you know, and I finally had a conversation with him. I said, you know what? You're my son, but you're not really my son. We're all God's children. You know, it was a conversation about something that had to do with, you know, discipline, of course. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of letting him know that, you know, we we write our own um, stories. And as much as I love you, you got to make your own decisions. And your own decisions are going to affect you, not just for this life, but, you know, possibly the next. Because I'm a strong believer in karma. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to, um, you got to think about that. How I hate did, to say it, but yeah, you're you're as, you're as powerful as I am. I don't have any, you know, creative power that you don't have. And I try to let him know that, that you're going to create your own reality, regardless of what I tell you. How did he respond to that? Uh, at first, it was just kind of like a shock, like, what do you mean you're not my mom? Mm-hmm. But, you know, the more I explain it to him, the more he's starting to grasp it. Because, like, for instance, right now, um, I listen to my so-called teachers and gurus and stuff. I listen to Abraham Hicks a lot. I listen to um, Joyce Meyer. I mean, I listen to a whole array of people that you would be like, well, that's often, you know, these people are teaching different things, but it's the perfect combination for me. So I take from what I learn and I try to, you know, make him understand that you're going to have to come up with your own path. Like I'm never going to push religion down his throat. Um, I will be as helpful as I can when it comes to asking questions, but I don't ever want to put him in a situation where he's having like real life experiences and encounters with, um, you know, God or with the spirit realm, with angelic beings. And then me discounting them saying, well, I don't see a scripture on it. So it was the devil just pray at night. (laughs) I'm not going to like do that to him because I know I've had some of the craziest, Oh, not crazy. I shouldn't use that word, but, wildest out-of-body experiences when I was younger. And I knew they were real. Like I said, they were they were more real in this realm. But I convinced myself it was either something bad or something that, you know, couldn't have happened because you can't find a scripture on it. So I I took that and I will never, you know, I will never do that to him. Was it your NDE that helped you make that change to accept your prior OBEs or had you already accepted that before your NDE? Um, NDE just kind of tipped over the scale. Like I, there was a couple of them that I, I accepted no matter what. It's like, you can't tell me, <laughs> you know, you can't tell me this didn't happen. Like just real quick, when I was uh, floating over the dinner table, it was an OBE and where my room was, it was, I guess you could say kitty corner to the dinner table. So 
you know, my room's on the top floor where my family was eating dinner at. I remember floating that exact same way. So I was halfway asleep. My um, Everyone was already at the table for whatever reason I was taking a nap. And my mom told my brother to come wake me up. And he woke me up halfway, I guess. But then I started to slip back into sleep. When I slipped back into sleep, I literally floated down and I saw everyone eating. And it was weird because I thought it was a dream. Because, you know, I'm looking from this point and I see everybody at the table eating and, you know, setting the table or whatnot. And um, I thought to myself, I said, this is a dumb dream. You know, by this time, I've had a lot of lucid dreams. So I was like, this is a dumb dream. Why am I just watching them eat? And then someone on the side of me said, you're not dreaming. You're out of your body. And right when that body, I said, and I snapped back into my body and I sat up immediately and I'm like breathing like, oh, my God. You know, <laughs> so, of course, I only had a couple of seconds to prove myself. I ran downstairs and sure enough, everyone was in the exact same position, same seating arrangement. And I just said, oh, my God. And I'm babbling, going crazy. And they're looking at me like, what is wrong with her? And I'm like, I just saw you, mom, I just saw you. And they're just like, what are you talking about? Just sit down and, and, you know, I can understand them not understanding what I was trying to say. I was so young. But that for me, that put the nail in the coffin. Like, I saw y'all, you know, I was floating right above you. <laughs> and I know for a fact, you were sitting there, you were sitting there. Because I remember my mom used to call me Miss Lexa. And she's like, did you wake Miss Lexa up? And I'm just like, I remember everything everyone said. Like I was right there on the freaking, you know, light post or whatever, the the light that was in the middle of the table. There was one right above it and I was right under that. And I was just looking at the whole scene. So that's how I said, okay, there's more to this. You can get out of your body. Is there any event that happened to you in your life that started you off being able to have OBEs in the first place? You know, I don't know what the first one could have been. But I know ever since I was six, seven, I would tell my mom, um, I, I used to tell her that God rocks me to sleep at night. And I remember telling her that. And um, I forgot for a long time that I used to say that, you know, life happens and all this. But she reminded me one time and she said, you know, when you were a little girl, you used to always come and tell me, you know what? God loves me so much. He rocks me to sleep every night. Come to find out. All these times I was having these so-called realistic dreams, they were all this the symptoms of having astral projection or OBE. Because I found out later it's a deep rocking sensation and there's a buzz in your ear. And I remember the buzz in my ear. I just never attributed it to anything. It was a loud, 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 loud buzz. And I mean, so loud to where like at, at a point it gets unbearable and you're out. But that happens so often, I figured it's just a part of dreaming. Mm. So who knows where I was going all those times? <laughs> you know, I was just like, it was normal to me. And I would just be like traveling. Um, I remember having um, a dream about heaven when I was 11 or 12. And I saw Jesus. He came up to me and um, like hugged me. And that's another one where it was so real. I woke up and my pillow was like soaked with tears because the hug just released so much. I don't know why I had that particular dream at that time. I mean, I could have been heavy hearted about something, but I remember seeing him in um, heaven 
And heaven wasn't what people would think. Well, it wasn't what I thought at that age because I was only about 12 or 13. So it just wasn't what I thought. And um, it was busy. And I believe maybe I had that dream because in my mind, I started thinking about how boring heaven would be, you know, from listening in church because I'm an active person. So the last thing I want to do is go, you know, sit on the cloud and listen to music for eternity. <laughs> so, you know, no matter how great that music is. So I believe that I started forming this vision of heaven in my mind that was just not true. And maybe that's why I had that vision, because I can't even call that a dream. It's a vision. And I, I um, remember being in heaven for whatever reason. I remember being like, cooled up. So was I really there? I don't know. Was my spirit out of my body? I don't know. But I remember being there plainly and it was busy and I was happy to see that. I saw groups of people here, groups of people there. And I was in a group of about two or three people. And we were just talking about all this stuff. And um, I can't tell you what we were talking about now, but we were just talking like we knew each other for years. And um, I saw Jesus over to my side. And when I looked, I said, oh, my God, is that Jesus? <gasps> it was weird because it was like a little, you know, like a teenage girl, like, oh, my gosh, she's popular. You know, mm -hmm. that's how I felt. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's Jesus. And he had like a red and white shirt on with blue jeans. That's how he was dressed. And I just said, oh, my gosh, I just want to give him a hug. And like at the end of my G, I swear to God, like at the end of my G, he was over there hugging me. And when he was hugging me, I just felt like a rush of just, I don't know, liquid love. It just poured over me. And when I woke up, my pillow was so like someone literally poured a liter of water. That's how many tears had came out. Mm -hmm. So something happened. That was not a regular dream. And yeah. like that feeling was inside of me for like weeks after that. Like I was still floating, like, you know, like I had just been there. So those couple of things, like those two things, the dinner table and that vision, I knew I was on to something. I just didn't know how real it was. I didn't know to what degree. I know now that all kinds of things probably had happened. You know, that that I dismissed and just said, oh, it was nothing. It was a dream. It was no, it was more. You're not the only one that says that when you're leaving your body, you hear a buzzing sound. Yeah, I don't know why, but it's a buzz and it's, and it's strong, too. Mm. Well, I'll have to remember that in case I'm ever like half asleep and I hear buzzing sound and I'll go, oh, maybe I'm going to leave. <laughs> well, it's if you do, just definitely direct <laughs> yourself. Because you can end up in some crazy places. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Well, I, I figure when, you, when you're out of your body, you know, you still have free will. So it depends on what mind state you're in. You know, there's a multitude of um, places you can go. Like I've been in places that are just the same as Earth. Like they're not, they're no better. You know, still the same frequency maybe one degree more, maybe one degree less, but still negative, you know, energies around and stuff. And I know it's like, okay, I'm going back home. Still the same, still the same amount of darkness, basically. So you want to keep yourself at a high vibration. If you do have a loose tether, well, I call it a loose tether. I have a loose tether. Basically, I can pop out of my body easily, apparently. Because I've been doing that since I was younger. I didn't know it was hard to do. 
You know, I didn't know people like try to have lucid dreams and stuff. So now that I know that, I figure after doing some research, they call it a loose tether. So you have a silver cord that connects your body to your spirit. If yours is loose or long, any little emotional thing, like I, I saw one NDE where, um, or OBE, where a girl, her first kiss popped her out of her body. Mm. Just being emotionally overwhelmed. So if you're really emotional sometimes or you're going through something, nine times out of 10, if you have a loose tether, you're going to be traveling that night. You're going to be astral traveling or you're going to be talking to your spirit guides. Like I've woken up and listened to conversations on the side of me, like as loud as we're talking right here. And I remember the last time it happened, I literally said out loud, I said, I can hear you. <laughs> and everything just got quiet. So it's like, you know, it's like it's you have one foot in, one foot out a lot of the time. And that's how I've always been. Mm-hmm. I've seen things. I've seen re- uh, reality load up right before my eyes, like load up like a computer program. So <laughs> I don't know how. Wow. It almost sounds like we live in the matrix then if things are loading up. I, I'm questioning everything now. I told my sister about that, too. I was like, I just saw a reality load up. She's like, oh, here we go. I'm like, no, I woke up a second too quick. That's all I can say, a second too quick. And I just saw the whole thing build up around me. So I'm like, is this fake or what? <laughs> all right, well, I got to switch gears on you. Do you have anything that you're working on that you want us to know about? I actually do. I want to do an experiment, and this is going to be a dream experiment. I want to get volunteers who are a little bit psychically inclined or, you know, just open somebody that has um, experience with the spiritual realm to possibly volunteer to build a dream realm. That's what I want to do. So this is, I guess you could call it a psychic experiment. And if I can get volunteers or people who are interested in joining, I would love to interview them and just see if they're a, a good fit. I don't want to launch the experiment until let's say March next year, but I want to get a good, you know, group of people. Cause what we're going to do is we're going to split off into groups and we're going to build two realms and, you know, see if we can visit them. How do they contact you if they want to get involved? Uh, They can email me or, um, okay. So if you have Instagram, you can go to, let me double check what it is. Um, Dreams, dream work. I want to double check this just to make sure. It's dream work by Alexa. Okay. So it's dream work by, yeah, at dream work by Alexa on Instagram. And if they don't have Instagram, then what? You can go to dreamsbyalexa.com and just join the, the mailing list. All right. Oh, the mailing list, yeah. What about this? After watching this podcast, people may want to just reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you open to that? And if so, how do they contact you? Yeah, um, the website's probably best or or Instagram, either one, dreamsbyalexa.com or um, dreamworkbyalexa on Instagram. So if you just drop me a message and uh, let me know what's on your mind or if you want to be part of the experiment, I'd love to hear from you. I'm excited about it. This has been on my mind for, I want to say, three years now. So Mm. it's like, it's not going anywhere. It's something I I need to do. All right. Is there a contact place on your website? Then that's how they can connect with you? 
Yeah, it says join our newsletter. Mm -hmm. So once I do a newsletter, you'll get it. But if you just drop me a line in that same um, contact, I'll get it. It comes to my email. Okay, great. Or if you just want to email me directly, you can email me at um, I am Alexa Page. So just my first and last name, I am Alexa Page at gmail.com. Okay. All right. Well, before we finish up, can you give us one last positive message? Trust yourself. Trust yourself. When you have a spiritually awakening experience, trust yourself above everyone else, no matter how hard it is, because it will lead to new revelations. Trust yourself. Well, thank you for that message. And thank you so much for being my guest. I really appreciate you and I wish you the best. Thank you, Jeff. It's my, all my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.